This is The Politics of Everything, and I'm your host, Amber Danes. Welcome to the podcast where we want to discuss the politics of everything, from money to motherhood, nutrition to narcissism, startups to secularism, the environment to equality, and much more. Our guests are experts in their field or topic of choice, even if you've not yet heard their name. This is a bipartisan podcast, so while we love exploring varied views and get a buzz from a healthy debate, by no means is this a one-sided forum for any one political view. So please listen up and enjoy the politics of everything. Leadership is a term that has so many connotations, some good, some less so. From power and influence to narcissism and dictatorships. My guest today, Sonia McDonald, has made harnessing the best of leadership into her business. She can often be found delivering insightful personal keynote talks on this subject or coaching leaders across the country, most likely being summed up with her enthused catch cry of You Rock. As the founder of Leadership HQ, an author, e-magazine creator and successful coach, Sonia has been named as one of the top 250 influential women across the planet and is all about shaking up the world of bland beige leadership. Her own tale is one of rising from the ground up to carve out a surprising new career following some personal setbacks. I'm really intrigued to get inside her head as we discuss the politics of leadership. Welcome, Sonia. Thank you, amazing Amber. How are you today? I'm really good. I'm going to go back to your childhood. It sounds a bit like a um, couch session with you shrink, but um, I'd often do like to ask my guests um, a bit about their early childhood, just in terms of their ambitions. So, as a young girl, did you dream of becoming something particular, and why? Such a great question. I think I always wanted to be a teacher. It was something. Ever since I was a little girl, I loved to help others. I always loved children. I loved to teach. So I think if I reflected back, it was definitely teaching. So I think that's what I wanted to do. But my teachers told me not to do teaching. So oh, that's <laughs> terrible. I know. I'm thinking what was going on with the education system. But there's a, there's a story in my book that I share from when I was little and I think the universe had this different path for me because when I was in grade one, I, you know, I was six years old, grade one, and I remember standing on this bus and I could see my mum running up and down this pathway in a panic and I was waving to her and I was on the bus going, I wonder why my mum's so upset, like why is she so worried? But I wasn't supposed to catch the bus. She was there to pick me up and I remember taking this bus ride and then right at the end of the journey, the bus driver goes, everyone's gotten off the bus except you. Where were you supposed to be going? And I went, no, I just hopped on the bus to go for the ride. <laughs> incredible. So you go. I, you were, I'm hearing a bit, a bit of the, the, the kind of inference, I guess, that you were a curious child. You were curious about everything perhaps and that explains kind of who you, who you become as an adult. Yeah, probably. I think maybe I think that's where my entrepreneurial, let's just take a risk, jump on a bus, see where I go. Let's see where this is going to take me. I don't know. My parents just went, Sonia, you caused us so much trauma. Like, oh, you poor things. But anyway, uh, but no, I always wanted to be a teacher. So, which I'm doing now, which I am doing now. It's funny how the, how the, how the world works, but now I'm doing it. So 
Yeah, absolutely. So once you, fast forward a little bit, once you were an adult, what did you do in your early career? What was your kind of first professional gig? Human resources. So I studied a degree in business and human and, and majoring in human resources and psychology. And then I started working in junior HR roles. And and how did you find that? Was that something that when she, once you got there, you loved or you went, nah, this is not for me? Uh, look, it was a little bit, oh boy, what was my memory back then? I probably thought to myself, I don't know about this. It was very administrative. I'm not the best when it comes to detail. I mean, I'm a true, I mean, even though human resources is about people, I love connecting with people. I love coaching and teaching and educating people. I love inspiring people. So I probably felt sitting in an office doing a lot of administration work when I first started my career in HR, a little bit bewildering. I thought, oh, I don't know if I really want to do this. Uh, once I started climbing the ladder in HR and started getting into more strategic HR roles or getting more into learning and development, I, I really did start to, to love it. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. You're such a people person. In your early career, did you seek out mentors or bosses, even in an informal capacity, who could kind of show you how to be a great leader? Like where did you get your kind of leadership expose from? Like what what did you do? I suppose when I was going through my career, I was really blessed. I had a number of people that I worked with that did I seek them out to be mentors? I think they just took me under their wing kind of naturally. Uh, I wish I, if I could go back in time, I wish that I had the courage to be a little bit more forthright in saying, you know, if I did meet someone or start to connect with someone that I felt, you know, was extraordinary as a leader, that I could get them to coach and mentor me. I think it kind of just happened organically uh, early in my career. And I mean, and I think as well, and, and, and the other flip side, I worked with some terrible, terrible managers that really taught me about what not to do when it when it came to leadership. Oh, we've all been there. <laughs> we've all been there. I, I think I think the whole leadership space and I never ever thought about myself as a leader back then. I never thought, oh, then I'm a leader or I think that I innately just always really cared about people and I was always wanting to help them be better and inspire them for greatness. So that was always something intrinsic in me to really help other people rock it. Like if I look back and, and the feedback I get from people that see me see where I am now, they all say to me, even from school, which I never saw it, they all went, oh, we knew you'd be where you are now. We knew you'd be doing it. And I'm like, really? How come I wasn't aware of this? It, it wasn't until my my life fell apart and I decided that I had to make a different choice in terms of my career and in my life that the leadership became really apparent to me. And it's really interesting. I mean, I think that happens for a lot of people. They find out who they truly are when something quite devastating or unexpected happens to them. So I think that's when I truly discovered the leadership space. And we'll, and we'll get to that now. So you're very open about the fact that where you are today in some ways could look accidental, but I never believe these things are. You went to China with your now former husband and after that relationship ended, you found yourself alone with a small daughter and obviously in a foreign land. How did that sort of force your hand perhaps to become what you, what you might call an entrepreneur or a, or a leadership expert? 
what what sort of drove you to do that? Obviously, necessity helps, but how did you know that you could pursue something from, I guess, the ashes of something which is quite personally devastating and you might not feel strong and all the things we associate with leadership? How, how did you do that? I think because that time was completely unexpected, I was really shocked when it all kind of transpired. And I remember, I mean, obviously, as you do, you grieve. And I spent a couple of days curled up in a corner of my apartment, devastated. And then I went back to work. I was really blessed. I was working over in Shanghai and everyone at work like, Sonny, you really need to take some time off. I thought, no, I'm going to, I'm going to push forward. And I knew I couldn't stay in Shanghai as a full-time solo mother. And, you know, in terms of I was left with very little money, uh, I had no idea what I was going to do and I knew I had to come back to Australia. So I packed up my bags and moved back to Australia and moved, in back, moved back in with my parents and a really crappy Holden Commodore. And anyway, that, oh, anyway, that was probably the most, oh my gosh, what a, you know, what's going on here? And I, you know, and it was survival mode, I think kicked in. I think it was, you know what, I've, I've got $2,000 in the bank. I'm living with my parents. I've got this really crappy Holden Commodore. <laughs> you know, I'm 33 years old. I I really need to turn my life around. And I thought, and it's, I mean, life is always about choices. I thought, look, I could let this event define me or I can turn my life around. Obviously, I chose the latter. And now I look back and go, you know, why do people sometimes wait for devastating things to happen to take charge of their life? But I, uh, I started trying to find a job, funnily enough, before I got into this entrepreneurial space and I started, you know, trying to find a senior human resources role. I remember this particular time I, I was shortlisted for the HR director role for Brisbane Marketing and the recruitment consultant, she rings me after several interviews and says, look, they decided to choose the other candidate. And I said, oh, that's that's really disappointing. And she said, yeah, but the CEO wants to give you feedback. And I said, yeah, I love feedback. Yep, okay, what's the feedback? And she said, well, he said to tell you the reason why he didn't choose you is because you're an entrepreneur. And I was on the phone. I'm thinking, why why wouldn't he choose someone in human resources as an entrepreneur? And I went, but what's an entrepreneur? And I had to Google it. I said, what's this entrepreneur thing? <laughs> so I thought, oh, anyway, I, and I thought, oh, that's that's interesting. And then I met someone that was looking for a consultant and a coach to work in in leadership development. And, you know, I was so desperate to find work that he said to me, do you know much about leadership? Because we're looking for someone to coach and and educate engineers and superintendents about leadership. Do you know much about leadership? And I I looked at him, I said, I know so much about leadership. I'm thinking, don't ask me any questions. Please don't no detail. <laughs> I, please don't. And then he didn't. Thank goodness. I mean, I wasn't. I mean, I was faking it, but I wasn't faking that I was going to be a brain surgeon. So I got the job, and then I just went home and bought every single book I could on leadership, and I just read and watched videos, and that's how it started. I started working for someone else in the leadership space, and thought, you know what? I wonder if I could start my own company and rock this leadership space because I love it so much. I just fell completely in love with it and thought, I wonder if I can take this passion and this talent that I have and saw that the world needed more great leaders. I thought, well, this is the sweet spot here. I wonder if I can turn, turn you know, these passions and talent into a company. 
Absolutely. So you work with a whole range of different people these days, I imagine. So how is your approach different to other coaches? Like who do you work with? How do you work? And what makes you different? Because a lot of people claim to be experts in this space. Oh, yeah, that's really, I mean, that's such a great question. I could ask that a lot. Uh, I think what makes us different, and I and I'm a great believer in there's no competitors. Like, even though there's lots of people playing in the space, it's like there's lots of doctors or lots of accountants or, you know, lots of IT experts and things. There's lots of people that have got skills in the leadership space. Absolutely. There's lots of leadership coaches, lots of leadership consultants. I think what makes you know, us truly different, and this is something I've been really focused on, that's why I never spent any energy on what others are doing in my space, is just focusing on what makes us unique, what we can, how we can make a difference to organisations and leaders. I think that it's because we, I think it's because we're really authentic. I think it's because, you know, I'm all about leadership as an attitude. You know, I'm all about them. I'm all about making them rock. I'm all about helping them with their self-awareness around leadership and being bringing out the best in them, being the best for them so I can inspire them for greatness and and help them shine and I think I think you know in the last, you know, we've had the company now for nearly a decade. I think that's been a differentiator and that's why we stand out is because of the passion and also the fact that we really, really care about others and helping them, you know, be the best they can be. And I think that's why Leadership HQ has grown and and really stood out in the market as, you know, the leadership experts here. Exactly. You're living and breathing it. So this is a rather big question and I'm hoping you've had some time to consider it because I, I can imagine there's so many different elements to this but I'd love to ask you what makes a great leader and can anyone really learn this is it in your DNA or can you learn it wow yes they are big I mean I think what first and foremost I think what makes a great leader and I mean people do see leadership differently I think at the end of the day what makes a great leader is just essentially knowing who you are being being really aware of who you are and wanting to make a difference to others I mean leadership's about others it's 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 you know that whole that whole thing that I I talk about a lot around leadership is about if you can help someone and dream more inspire them to do more and be more which is which is a great quote that's leadership it's just it's not about role or title it's not it's it's about how you can help someone become the best versions of themselves yeah absolutely and I definitely think leadership can be learned. I've seen it. I've coached it. I've worked with it. You know, we've researched it. I, I mean, I, I have a lot of people. It's a really interesting conversation around no leaders are born, no leaders are made, or no, they're both. Or, you know, I, you, I mean, sometimes you can meet people that could have characteristics that you could attribute to to great leaders or leaders but I absolutely think that leaders can be made you can you can definitely grow and build leaders yeah absolutely absolutely and I think it's a process I I I know myself you know I feel like I've already already had a lot of exposure to like you say good and bad leaders and 
as a kid, I was always told, you know, you're a natural leader and so forth. But I certainly felt like it was a muscle I needed to use and I needed to learn and need to understand how others are also responding to me. So I think sometimes when you think about traditional leadership, and that's why in my introduction I talked about that having positive and negative connotations, it all depends on the perception of what, what you need to do as a leader. And I remember my early career just leaders being very dictatorial in the workplace and you don't leave until the boss leaves and all these protocols which really didn't necessarily teach me anything except that, oh, this is not this is not great. Why would I want to be the boss? It didn't really encourage me to want to be a leader but because as we've evolved and we understand more about leadership is so many things, it, it's probably encouraged me to, to kind of move towards it rather than run away from it if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, what do you, you know, what do you think makes a great leader? What are your thoughts on what is great leader? Oh, you're interviewing me, Sonia. This is interesting. Um, for me personally, it, it look the word authentic does get bandied around a lot, and I know you've used it as well. But I think someone who is actually a great listener, though, to me, makes a great leader, and that there's authenticity in that too. But really being curious, really being open to solutions, not being hierarchical. I think that's the first thing that I've learned about the people that I admire, that I've worked with in my business as well, that have been amazing. It's the way they treat others, no matter who they are in the organisation, particularly if they're in a big corporate. Um, having some humility, having a bit of vulnerability, being able to know when they need to really lead and when they need to listen. I think they're the things that I really value in a leader. So that's probably a good summary. That's awesome. I love that. I agree. Listening. I think that's so that's so important. So important. I was right, about- I'm thinking you have to have all the answers. I think there's that time when, you know, probably our dads were in business and it was kind of like that. You kind of came and you listened dutifully. And as, you know, CEOs or leaders in business, you know, they would sort of have to just come in and tell the people what to do rather than being collaborative. Yeah, and I think that's the way leadership, I think that's the way we're going now. I think even as a society, I mean, that's one of my value sets is collaboration. Collaboration's key. It's you don't know all the answers. Let's work together. How can we help each other? You know, that's so important. I agree, Amber. So your book, Leadership Attitude, really shares the idea that you have that mindset and that attitude of leadership. You can shape your career or perhaps break your career if you don't embrace it. In your experience, what is what is that, that really all about? And do you have some examples of leaders, good or bad, that you can maybe share even on a no-names basis on how they've maybe developed as a leader in the work you've done and perhaps, you know, why this book kind of sums all this up? I think I think the reason why that the book Leadership Attitudes become so popular and, and people love the the content or the message around leadership attitude, it is it is about mindset. You know, leadership is about behaviour and it's about ultimately about attitude and it's your attitude, not your aptitude, that determines your altitude. <laughs> That's one of my another Oh I favorite. love it, the three A's. <laughs> That's another one of my favorite quotes. I think Gosh, there's been so many examples. I mean, and you, the thing is with attitude, you set your attitude. And once people can see the leadership space and they can see themselves as leaders and then they start to go, you know what, I've got this and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really focus my mindset on attitude to be a leader and be that best version of a leader I can be. Just seeing that, seeing people transform makes my heart sing and I've seen the difference that it makes and there's been so many leaders that we've worked with that have really got it have really gone you know what I I am a leader I never saw myself as a leader 
And even that shift in mindset and attitude and when they've gone to work and, and seeing that confidence and courage that they've taken on board by by getting that attitude and learning how to be great leaders, it, it's just I could, they've just the results and the success that I've seen and heard has just been phenomenal uh, because they, they want to embrace it. They want to embrace it around the successes and, you know, the stuff-ups when it comes to being a leader. I was going to say, what, what's some of the stuff, that the bad stuff you have to deal with as a leader that they've had to maybe navigate and how how's this attitude, this leadership attitude helped them in that way? Like think of maybe in your mind a specific example that you could share. Uh I'm just trying to think of the the best example. I think sometimes I've found when people have got really aware of of leadership and and also had that attitude of you know I want to be a great leader and be the best version of me and and being that listener and being that reflector and I think then they've started to see other leaders around them that aren't so great so they've become really aware of that not only their behaviour and their words and their actions but they've come to me and gone hang on a second like. My CEO at work, now I'm becoming a lot more aware of leadership. He's not demonstrating leadership behaviours. He's not demonstrating leadership attitude. He's really, he's not leading by example. Like his words are saying one thing, his actions are saying the other. We now, you know, I don't trust him as much as I do. Like there's, there's and it happened a few years ago, a leader I, I was working with, this exact thing happened. He became so much more aware of you know not only great leadership but bad leadership and he was getting a sense of hang on a second I'm actually working in a company where the CEO is actually demonstrating poor leadership and yes. and he ended up leaving because of it I was like he was like I've read your book I'm in you know you're coaching me I've now decided I don't want to be in this company because I've and I'm like oh no I mean that does happen you know absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah no I mean that's a pretty powerful story to be honest it's um it's amazing that someone's that bravery if you like um to do that and the courage to just stand by your convictions really uh yeah and I think in life you have to I think that life's so short that if if there's something you don't feel congruent with if you're doing something or you're seeing something like I always say to people look the standard you walk past is the standard you accept you know and if you're seeing poor behavior or poor leadership you've got choices you either absolutely yeah, yeah you you say something you change it or you leave like don't accept don't just let it happen so I mean with all the stuff that's happening in the market sorry in across the globe with, you know, cyberbullying and Me Too and things like that, people are becoming a lot more vocal around we're not going to accept this behaviour and don't accept it. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So where are you hoping to take Leadership HQ? Where do you see yourself in five years? I mean, it's a bit of a crystal ball question, I know, and the world's moving so quickly, <laughs> who knows? But I'd, I'd love to sort of just see what you have next up your sleeve. Wow, man, I have so many dreams for Leadership HQ. I think ultimately my goal with Leadership HQ is to have a headquarters, a leadership headquarters, a place where people could come and they could join like as a monthly fee and you could you could come to this leadership hub and it had a library and it had workshops, it had you could go and book a coach, you could come and sit and collaborate. You could come and learn about leadership. You could listen to podcasts. I, I was that was my dream. Like that's always been my dream. However, I think 
the way I'm seeing even the website of Leadership HQ transform. It's becoming that online. I think we've just launched the Online Leadership Academy. We've got the, uh, which has, you know, private groups and it has toolkits and articles and resources and things. So we've got the Online Leadership Academy and we've also got the Online Resource Centre. We've got the blog. I've got the events. That I, so I'm kind of, it is becoming a leadership headquarters online versus the physical coming, you know, where you attend a, you know, amazing warehouse, which is my, would be my ultimate dream, where you actually physically go and connect with people. But we're actually now transforming the website and the company as an online headquarters. So I'm really excited about where that's heading. So you never know. In five years' time, Amber, you could see the, you know, get an invitation to the <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, me too. Me too. I have two questions I ask all my guests and I'm obviously going to put these to you now. The first one is, do you have any special mentors, inspirational people that have guided you on this journey? If so, who are they? And obviously don't have to be well-known names. And what have they taught you about life? It might be one person, it might be two. There's probably two that spring to mind. They're very different. One is, his name is Ted. For some reason, and he saw me speak. He is an amazing mentor. He saw me speak several years ago at an event and he came up to me after this event and he said, Sonia, uh, I'm actually a consultant with the company that you just presented to. And I said, oh, great. And he said, can you and I have a coffee because I'd really like to just, you know, have a chat to you. And I said, yeah, sure, you know, that sounds great. So I met with him for coffee and he said, I don't think he goes, do you know how remarkable you are? Like I was sitting in that room seeing you speak and present and I have been doing this for a very long time and he goes, do you see how remarkable you are? And I'm looking at him going, oh, my gosh, like it was lovely. Like I was like, oh, gosh, uh, that's such lovely feedback. Thank you. He said, I would love to mentor you. You know, I've, you know, I used to be a CEO of a company. I've grown and sold businesses. I would love to mentor you. So he's still my mentor. We're catching up for lunch tomorrow. For some reason, he has this innate ability. This week, he sends me an email going, I'm just checking in on you. Is everything okay? Wow. I'm like, like, your timing couldn't be better. So he said, oh, let me take you out to lunch tomorrow. So, yeah, he's great. Um, My other mentor, Beata, is in Melbourne. She is a phenomenal entrepreneur. Um, She has got the biggest, kindest, heart I I met her at a women in focus you know the Commonwealth Bank women in focus forum and the events they have I met her at an event and her and I connected she's been a beautiful mentor for me Uh, she's got just the most kindest she's just such a compassionate beautiful woman and she's constantly there for me like if I had to ring her at 5am in the morning on a Sunday which I have done and she's like Sonia I'm here for you and we've just our values aligned and our philosophy around leadership and compassion and kindness have aligned. So she's been an incredible mentor. That's incredible. Yeah. it's. Can I tell you, that's the number one thing that makes a difference. Everyone out there, please get a mentor. It's, oh, uh, I totally like, agree. I wish that someone had told me that early on in my career. And I often, when I mentor others or they ask me their advice, even, you know, people might be different stages of their career or their business. I just say, find people and don't be afraid to ask. I think that's where we start the conversation. It's like, I think when you're younger, you think, I'm not going to ask this person. They're going to say no. But I don't think anyone's ever said no when I've asked them um, for some time or, you know, even if it's not a formal mentoring relationship, 
you know, just an opportunity to sit with them and get their feedback on a few ideas you might have. And and I think it, it can really change how you feel about your leadership journey as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, and it does. It's And don't be afraid to ask people if you meet someone. You know, oh, don't totally. Be, yeah. Ask, you never know. So finally, what's the best tip you have for business people out there keen to become better at the politics of leadership? What would be your final takeout tip? Oh, gosh, what would be my final takeout tip? Courage. <laughs> just do it. Like just and just courage. Just if there's something that if you've got a dream or a passion or something inside of you that you really want, it could be in your career, it could be, you know, you want to build something, a new company or, you know, business or anything that you have in you that you have this passion or fire for, just have the courage to do it and believe in yourself, totally believe in yourself. And when you get knocks, you just go, you know what? I believe in myself, I'm going to learn from this and you pick yourself back up because I'm telling you now, you will get stronger and stronger and stronger. It's all about courage. Absolutely. Well, it's been fantastic to have you on on the show today. If you do want to connect further with Sonia McDonald, her details will be on our show notes. It's been wonderful to have you all listening today and until next time, do take care. Thanks for listening today. If you've enjoyed the politics of everything, we thrive on feedback. So please add a short review and share the podcast with your network, your friends and family. I'm also always on the hunt for fabulous new guests. So if you've got a view to share and an idea how to get our listeners excited, please email me at amber at bespoke comms, that's B-E-S-P-O-K-E-C-O-M-M-S dot com dot A-U and we'll be sure to get back to you. Until next time.